Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Fairly alarmed here. Welcome back to MOTN Reviews, that is Masters of the Nerdiverse Reviews, where we look at some of the shining cinematic supernovas of the Nerdiverse and some stars that are not so brightly lit. I'm, of course, your host, Mike G, and with me always is my awesome co-host. Waka waka, went just heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, you're, you're Fozzie Bear forever, you understand that, yeah. right? You have the little tie with the, with the, with the derby. <laughs> And, All right. Or Mikalika High, Mikalika. Mikalika High, Mikalika High, Yeah. That dude got drunk. I know he was drinking the Michelobes. <laughs> well, it was the 80s. <laughs> was it in the 80s? Pee Wee yeah. Herman? Pee Wee yeah. Herman was like the 80s, probably like late, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with Larry Jacks, with Larry Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> um, Larry Fishburne. <laughs> yeah, this idiot changed. Uh, I'm Lawrence now because I'm a thespian. Nah, bro, you Larry. Whatever. You I mean, got all this insider L.A. knowledge, jeez. It's not L.A. knowledge, <laughs> man. It's dumb nerd shit. <laughs> it's like stuff that people shouldn't know that he was originally yeah. Larry. That's what my mom calls him. She's like, oh, Larry, he's still an actor? Yeah, Larry's doing it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You can always find this strange podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio. And Pee Wee's Playhouse, where it's actually inside the human toilet that has a face, is under its tongue, is an episode of the podcast. You said the magic word! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse was like an acid trip for a child, man. Like, right. I would get like sugared up on on like kicks and like and like uh like frosted flakes and just bug out watching Pee Wee's Playhouse, and my, I would just be like, wow. <laughs> Um, you just have like Doors music playing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hearing I'm hearing like White Rabbit, you know, by Jefferson yeah. Airplane, and and watching like the Genie on that shit. Oh man! So I did want to put a little weird. I'm not. I don't want to date this episode because I want you to be able to listen to these out of out of sync. Just know that this is a special episode because it's the episode that should not have been. But that's fine. This is a movie. That I'm extremely excited to talk about because it had a weird effect on my childhood. And you're saying this is the Suicide Squad of of uh, podcast episodes. Yeah, this is the Suicide Squad of podcast episodes. This is the um, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides episode. The, you know, it's the Necronomicon of review episodes. A movie I don't see reviewed that often, so I'm happy to review it. And I kind of want that to be my shtick, or our shtick rather. It's just yeah. reviewing weird, obscure movies that people have a hard time finding reviews on, on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like people want people's opinion on these weird gems that are lost to the 
to the pillars of time, to the shores of eternity. That so, sounds fun. Yeah, so let's shine a light on some of these. So this week we're going to talk about a movie that really needs no introduction. It's one of the strangest films I've ever seen. And it just keeps getting weirder the deeper it goes into itself. And it's really a deep... It's it's really classified as American comedy horror in a weird way. And this, and this is a film that was directed by Dan Aykroyd, if that gives you any kind of weird indication. Yes. Um, in 1991. And this movie is called... Nothing But Trouble! Oh, Isn't that pretty good? The same song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just, I'm going to put an echo on that so you sound <laughs> okay. like you're real far away. So nothing like but that. trouble, man. This is a dumbass movie, dude. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's not. It's what it is. It's it's really the ramblings of a madman. It's like the movie is. Well, that, no, Mad Men. Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's both Dan Aykroyd and his brother Peter. So this is like these two kids were working on this movie since they were little. That's what That's the implication <laughs> that I got. Is that they're thinking of the most craziest shit they can put yeah. together, and they put it in one film. And the problem is, is that no industry guys or no, like producers, told him no. You know, this is like completely right. unbridled. It's Dan Aykroyd. It's yeah. SNL, dude. It's spies like us. It's spies Come like on. us. It's Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's gonna tell him no? And the movie just feels like it's just a, a streaming consciousness of random craziness mm-hmm. and the plots the plots crazy and i'm just gonna list a couple of people who are in this movie so we got chevy chase another Boom. snl alum we got yeah. john candy oh you know uncle we got buck. uncle buck we got demi moore what this is yeah and of course dan Aykroyd is in multiple uh roles he kind of did the nutty professor thing before Annie murphy did it, <laughs> right yeah, in this so film, you say he, he was ahead of his time. He was ahead he was of his visionary. time. He was a visionary. And it really shows in a lot of this movie, it's too well done to be as crazy as it is. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's way too well done to be as crazy as it is. And it's too much attention to detail right. about as crazy as it is. And normally I would just kind of go through the plot. And it's hard. How do I explain this damn plot? So pretty <laughs> much... Jesus, I don't mean to take uh, the Lord's name, whatever. Pretty much the movie is about Chevy Chase and his, I guess his wife, Demi, War- Demi Moore. Their character names don't matter because it's dumb. But right. Chevy Chase and his wife are these Manhattanites living in penthouses, you know, drinking Crystal and all that bullshit. Just snobby how to do Manhattanites, right? And they're traveling, uh, I believe, to Atlantic City for the weekend. They're going to have a good time. And they're passing through a small town, you know, like 101 small towns in, in in America. And they come across and they make a wrong turn off the Jersey Turnpike. And they come across the most jacked up, destroyed, like, uh, like, like foundationally corrupt, right. you know, city you could possibly go through. Reminds me of that I Love Lucy episode where Lucy, Ethel, Fred, and... Ricky are driving through that town and they're speeding and Ernest and that and that sheriff kind of pulls them over and it keeps them it keeps them in lockup <laughs> for like 24 hours are you Lucy head do you know I, I'm a super a of... Lucy head dude I'm, oh, a, I'm a big Lucy head you can't tell me nothing about some I love Lucy and their cousin Ernie's there for some reason 
and that Ernie's supposed to get married to like the sheriff's daughter, like shotgun wedding style. And they have this big giant elaborate like hold down inside the courtroom. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm geeking out over Lucy, but the movie's really <laughs> a lot like that. Yeah. And where these guys, where this group kind of, and it's pretty much, it's um, Chevy Chase, it's Demi Moore, and it's two supporting cast members. Uh, I forget the Latin American name, the American gentleman's name, and his wife. And I think they get caught up too. And they go into this town. They get pulled over by John Candy, who plays the sheriff. And a couple of the characters are going to come along in this movie. And they go see the the judge, who's a 106-year-old, a fully prosthetic makeup, Dan Aykroyd. Right. And the movie just gets crazier and weirder and imaginative from this point on. And it's just nuts. It's just one of the more... more um, interestingly plotted out films I've ever seen in my life and uh what's your experience with this with this monster um <laughs> well it's uh first of all we talked about how they go off on the wrong exit yeah the interstate. like have that really happened to anyone in real life it happens to me all the time like I'll I go on some adventures because oh. I'll drive up north with for me yeah. northern California and I'll miss my entrance on the 5 or the 405 or something. And I'm like, oh, I guess I have to take a different freeway. And I'm just driving. And I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm going to go on an adventure to find the freeway again. And you are and you pass through the weirdest little towns. You make stops and you get like deer beef jerky. And just, just wild stuff. But, but it's like, I'm sure this isn't their first time driving to Atlantic City. So it's like, everyone knows if you're that uh, scared about it, just get off on the next exit and turn around. Right? right. It's not some crazy, like, super... You're not going to miss Atlantic City. Right. It's not Snake <laughs> yeah. Way, you know? You're not going You're not going down the River Styx. It's not a one-way drive. Right? You turn around, yeah. you get off, and you turn around. So, you go meet the judge, who's... It's just... It, this movie is, like, just very visually bloated. It's, like, so much stuff around. Like, you drive through the it, town... Yeah, it's bloated. They spend way too much time on certain things and spend little time on other stuff. Yeah, it's so And weird. it's also, like, it feels like everyone was wet. <laughs> it's a very tactile movie, isn't it? It's almost yeah. moist, right? Like, there's steam coming from the ground. Like, there's people. It, it looks like some of the more dilapidated areas in the U.S. I don't want to name, in, name any cities. But it just, everything just feels tactile. It feels very mushy you know like right the thing is, you drive up to the to the uh judge's house and it's just there's like thousands of pounds of just metal just outside of his door <laughs> like it's like a it's like a pile like a like a story tall of just like hubcaps right i mean and, like, and it that's actually very common <laughs> for yeah. older people it's just they, weird it's like yeah it's like it's like all the like the trappings of a stereotypical older person bent up to the max right it's the this this house is the ultimate hoarder's nightmare right or dream for that matter because it's just a ton of weird shit and it's just and they're they're the front of their house kind of looks like the junkyard scene in nightmare on elm street where it's just <laughs> metal yeah and it's just congested and just claustrophobic and they pull up <laughs> to the judge, and it's Dan Aykroyd. 
and he's he's like he's like uh dropped from the sky on this weird like contraption he doesn't walk out like a judge he's lowered kind of like sting from wcw into his chair i could just picture like him directing it like this is gonna be funny (laughs) and no one's laughing no (laughs) one's laughing they're just like yeah yeah let me snort some more actually no not coke for him let let me have another hot dog (laughs) yeah Oh, the hot dog scene. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So uh, the judge is like, the judge is pretty cool at first. He's like trying to talk to him. Like, you know, you're speeding, right? And and, uh, Chevy Chase in this movie is the most unlikable dude on the planet. He's just an ass. He's unnecessarily uh, hoity-toity to the judge. He's like talking down to him. And... Well, can I ask this? Like, isn't like part of Chevy Chase's like character in all his movies are like uh, he's kind um, like he does the family man, but then the family man has a little bit of a, a jerk inside yeah. of him. Yeah, that makes yeah. Chevy Chase is a very mean comedian, right? He's like he's not he's not like in your face like like Sam Kennison kind of like right. aggressive. He's just an ass. Like even when he's being a good guy, like in the National Lampoon films, he's there's a, there's a mean streak about his comedy, right. right? And it's like in this film, he just turns it up to eleven. He's like, from what I hear, Cherry Chase is not that nice of a guy already. You know? I mean, I would love to be his friend, be like the one guy that understands. He's cool everything. with. Right? Yeah, like I I do all his interviews. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know why Dan Harmon had such a bad time with him. He's a pretty good guy. We sure use the N word, but he dropped it like six times. But yeah, he's human, that was right? Character. He was staying in character. In if Daniel Day Lewis did that, you'd all be giving him a golden. You'd all be crying to give him all the Oscars, the ones for technical yeah. supremacy. But yeah, I feel that way about uh, about uh, Bill Murray. Like I want to know Bill Murray, like past the quiet, reclusive jerk side of him. Like I just want to know him. I want to buy him a beer, and he'll accept it and drink it. You know what I'm saying? But uh but yeah, they pull up in the small village of Vulcanvania, which is the name of the actual town. Yeah. <laughs> Shit is nuts. Named after the actual judge, Alvin Vulcanheiser, and his his nose looks like a phallus. They designed it that way. And it gets yeah, don't they actually allude to that during a, a scene? Yeah. Like it's it's it starts to get more and more phallic the further you go into the movie. Mm-hmm. It's very subtle at first, but then like Especially in the hot dog scene, it legit just looks like a dick. Like, real talk. Like, it's crazy. And it's something that he probably thought was funny. And they were just like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just so weird. Mm-hmm. And, and it, the movie's just, it's brewing with creati- creativity. Like, the the uh, famous hot dog scene where he, he's like, alright, you guys are going to have to stay the night while we process your paperwork. And the entire house is this weird, evil fun house. Where they're trying to argue I would their case. I had to be there. Like I would like literally like I would throw up. The night. Yeah. I would just throw up and, and pass out and I'll wake up in the morning. That's how I would deal with it. And it's like, oh judge, we don't want to go here. He's like, too late. He pushes a button and the floor just drops out. And they end up <laughs> falling on a mountain of baby dolls. Like just weird stuff, dude. Like what? Yeah. Like who thought that was funny? He did, now you man. also Yeah. It's the and weird, him and his I'm... weird brother. Right, <laughs> weird brother. It doesn't make yeah. any damn sense, man. Yeah, and then like they go, you know, 
they're like trying to get through this weird house maze that's just congested. It's almost like remember Double Dare, and you had to get through the, all the. You know, it's almost like Legends of the Hidden Temple. Their house is a giant Legends of the Hidden Temple maze, where <laughs> you got to crawl through and get the Shrine of the Silver Monkey, and you got to put that shit together. But the judge is coming, so you got to do it fast. It's just a very fun movie, but it also is very disturbing. Like their table has a hot dog condiment train that just drives yeah. around the table and it shoots mustard and ketchup on all your stuff. And as a kid, it looks really cool. But as an adult, right. it's like, this would just be nerve wracking. Like now I do have to bring it up. Like, <laughs> like they're probably, people are going to go, well, how did Dan Aykroyd ever thought, think about that? Now let's cut to him now where he's a little bit more big boned. If we'll say at least. Dan Aykroyd is weird, and, man. He's, yes. Just, and this yeah. this is something that big people think about. Yeah. Like, what are different way. ways? Yeah, different ways to get food. <laughs> like you mentioned, Pee Wee Herman earlier. It reminds me of Big Adventure, where he has that Rube Goldberg machine that makes his breakfast. You know what I mean? Where it's like the ball hits the the chicken, and the chicken plucks at the egg that cracks the egg over the open stove, and it's grilling the, it's like frying his eggs. The Mr. T cereal spills out on the pancakes. It's wackiness like that. And this movie just doesn't stop. It, you know, he has a giant industrial can, a warm can of Mountain Punch, of a, of a Hawaiian a punch. punch. <laughs> yeah. And he just downs. It's just so, it's just so crazy, man. <laughs> it's like, it's just so funny. And then the movie gets ultra dark when they're like, oh yeah, you're just going to marry, like, Terry Chase, you're gonna marry my, my sister, my daughter, and it ends yeah. up being like, uh, Dan, it ends up being like John Candy dressed up as a girl, as a lady that right. doesn't talk, but she's real strong. She's just like she's like this super pretty but buff, like daughter that just lives in a in one of the many coves of the house. He she, uh, he doesn't she doesn't say anything in no, the movie, right? She's a, she's mute. She doesn't say. Yeah. anything. she just makes it up. Like little noises yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> Super yeah. crazy. You know, and it's just like. I, now, wouldn't it be funnier if it was still like John Candy's voice? But it was still the daughter. Starving, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it just, just sound like Dr. Girlfriend from freaking Venture Brothers. That's how raspy is the voice. Hashtag Dr. Girlfriend is hot. I don't care what anybody says. I'm just putting it out All there. All right. You well, needed to know that controversial winter. statement. I'm yeah. putting it out there. I'm, I I said something so brave right now. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the judge is mad because because John uh, just as a Chevy Chase is like I'm not marrying your daughter, dude. I'm, I gotta go to Atlantic City, man. So he pretty much punches them to death, right? <laughs> and like right, and they're in it deep within like their backyard, which is this giant hellscape of metal and like. In weird construction, there's an, a roller coaster that turns into a death machine. Remember that right. part where they're going through this roller coaster, like, oh yeah, this is fun, and then they splash out to a giant meat grinder. Just, right, I kills, remember that. And it just it like it just kills the two people that are with them, and they just get spit out into bones. And that's where you meet uh, the other Jabo and. Uh, what were their weird, dumb names? Like Rudy and Bobo or something like that. Which are both played by Dan Aykroyd, I think. Right? I think those two guys are played by uh, Dan Aykroyd. 
No, those are real people. Those yeah, those are real. No makeup. <laughs> yeah. He found them. And they're like, they're real strong. I win again! And, yeah, it's, 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 it's like, it's really Bobo and like Demi Moore and they're playing like spades or something. Yeah. Because she just Cause Bobo's hand was on top. Bobo's yeah. hand was on top. Yeah, I won! <laughs> and Demi Moore's like, yeah, Bobo won. He's like, oh, nuts. Yeah. He's like, oh, rats, right? Now, like, do you think she was thinking in her mind, like, what am I doing here? Or is it more like, like paycheck or I think as an actress, or as the character, as an actress, as an actress, she was like, "What did I get myself into?" Because okay. it's honestly, it's like one of more Demi Moore's more strange roles. Because I don't remember her being in a lot of comedies, action films, yes, dramas, yes, but comedies, I can't think of another film that Demi Moore has done that's been this wacky. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like. That's one of my. She's one of my favorite characters in the movie because she has a weird character arc, where she starts to be befriend these weirdos, right? She starts to befriend the family, and she's just as you realize, she's like just trying to survive and not have these things rip her apart, or eat her, or whatever they're gonna do because it's Dan Aykroyd, and that guy is just a weird, weird, weird guy. So, and if, I'm sorry if this review is just us talking about the film. But the movie itself is just so scatterbrained. You know what I mean? Right. It's, just, it's a bunch of three-second jokes that all run together that make an hour movie. You know what I mean? And even down to the wedding scene where Digital Underground is there for no reason. Like, why? Just, they were just there. Like, who just has Digital Underground in their in their basement? Right? And Dan Aykroyd had the right, so he wrote a script. Yeah. So does this mean that He's he's that woke to know that Digital Underground exists. He's so ahead of his time, dude. You don't understand. Yeah. Tupac was in this movie before he was Tupac. Tupac had an appearance in this movie. Yes, yeah, but you explain that because it still blows my mind that this is I don't some, know how to explain like, real. it. So Tupac was in this weird New York stage before he became California Love Tupac. This is back when he knew uh, Jada Pinkett and all that, all that crazy stuff. I don't know how he fell into with Digital Underground. I don't know why he was in the movie, because he didn't rap or anything. He was just there. Mm -hmm. It was all Humpty Dumpty and all around the world the same song, and they did this cool, like, hip-hop, Here Comes the Bride track, you know what I'm saying? And as and as soon as they were done, they were just floating in the background. They were like background characters in a fighting game. You know what I mean? They were just doing their thing. <laughs> and yeah. it's just so wacky, like, it's just this whole movie. It's just super crazy. So I'd like to think that he had to do like some acting so that he could ask for a certain amount of money before doing poetic justice. And it's funny as <laughs> I would say, like, did he do this for his his um his sad card? But yeah. But then I I realized that you need to actually say speaking roles to get into SAG. You have to have, you have to actually <laughs> yeah. talk in the movie because that's the difference between an extra and an actor. It's like okay. you one sentence of dialogue, you can get your SAG card. I think that's how it works or something like that. I'm sure there's other parameters. Um, you know, <laughs> for some reason, they call the people they're with them as the Brazilianaires. I think that's hilarious. Cause they... Yeah, I like even reading like the, the premise of this show, it still called them the Brazilianaires. The Brazilianaires, <laughs> right? So yeah. the wedding gets canceled because Chevy Chase is not having it. The judge is about to sentence them all to death, but then the whole thing about Vulcanvania is that it's on it. It's on a temperamental mind that 
explodes right at the opportune time, right? This place is like mm-hmm. Silent Hill for some odd reason. It's just it's just constantly on fire. Yeah, something about a coal, yeah, coal it's like mine. The coal yeah. mine is on a constant state of flux where it can just go any second. And this place is like damn Silent Hill. And so the coal mine goes and it makes such a commotion that uh, uh makes such a commotion that the Demi Moore and Chevy Chase characters flee the land. And all the cops, the entire cops are there from like a hundred miles are there. They all say, hey, how's it going? No, no, that's the end. I jump, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So they jump onto a moving train and escape the horror of this, of Vulcanvania and this entire scenario. Uh, and I don't want to give away the absolute ending because I want people to see this movie. But um, it's just a really wacky, fun, disturbing delve into like how really nuts Dan Aykroyd is is when you let him go yeah because he's I mean yeah like later on in his life it's like oh okay (laughs) he's gotten a little crazy I don't know if you not Not he's got a little eccentric right he's got a yeah a little off especially with his always mention it on the podcast it's his weird skull vodka that I want to try really mm-hmm. bad he's he loves it he's super proud of it i want to try that skull vodka uh but uh it's just it just makes me think like there are other avenues where you let an artist just do whatever they want apropos of nothing and you see the see the actual what they produce you know what I mean? like everybody needs to be reined in a little bit right it's like okay let's make this actually make sense like and dan Eckert was like nah me and my brother got this we're writing directing screen playing it and we're doing all the uh all the shots it's all us and this is what you get it's nothing but trouble right Uh, a gem of a film that i recommend anyone see if any of the stuff sounds interesting to you (laughs) check out this movie man yeah check it out um if if you're a dan Aykroyd head fan like i'm guessing this would be your like mecca who is this for, man? Like, like it's, it's so crazy. It it's one of those things where it's like, if I've never seen it and I have to watch it now, I probably would, I probably would just be disturbed by it. But it's one of those things I grew up with as a kid that just was on TV, uh-huh. like on TBS or uh, or the cable channels, and I just was like, wow, should I be watching this? Because it's not, <laughs> it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre, no, but it's three jokes ahead of it right it's like it's not gory but there's gore you know what i'm saying it's like it's well i think if if this movie was made today it probably would do a lot better (laughs) probably but it would be a lot more toned too it would be it wouldn't be as extreme it wouldn't be as as scatterbrain like the scatterbrain movie is almost dead you know what i'm saying like yeah you could thank tom green for that you know what i'm saying just (laughs) he, he was the last like the the jackass movies were kind of the last Johnny Knoxville were kind of the last. Uh, well, you could say some Adam Sandler films are like that. Well, I'm. Th- it would be like a little bit more polished. Yeah. It would be like uh, I think Ed Helm would take the place of Chevy Chase. I would love that, man. Yeah, That'd be cool. I think Ed Helm doesn't get enough play, and he is like our generation's, uh, our this generation's Chevy Chase, right? Right, and then it could be like uh, the uh, Gail Godot. Could play Timmy Moore. <laughs> Not that I'm wishing. 
Oh, but man. I'm wishing. I just want more guys. Gal Gadot. I just want more. Yeah. Power. Yeah, just throw somebody weird in there, like uh, some comedian to do the uh, Dan Aykroyd part. And so still... it would be uh, Danny McBride. That would be cool. And, and let and let Dan Aykroyd and Danny McBride direct it. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd yeah. has to be in there somewhere. It would be the stupidest movie ever. It would be awesome. Well, he would have to do a cameo. Oh, yeah. He would He would be in the movie. He'd probably be playing yeah. the judge. Because now he's old enough to look like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> he wouldn't need much oh, makeup. Geez. My gag reflex just kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about yeah, just, give the, just give him the penis nose and he's good to go, man. Just throw on the prosthetic. I'm sure he still has it. Yeah. Knowing damn Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd's too busy chasing UFOs, so it doesn't... <laughs> nah, he caught him. He caught one. He can he can make movies again. What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. I, I, like, I missed I missed that coast to coast episode. If you do you know coast to coast? Yeah, right, space goes coast to coast. No, no, no. Coast to coast is a oh. radio show oh, no. where it would be. Oh, geez, you're you're in for a treat. It's a it's a late night radio show that he, he would like open up the phones and then people would be going like I'm a time traveler <laughs> and and he would go okay right. so tell me again how did the time travel occur and then it would be like ten minutes of this guy just like whacked out on drugs or something right, and then he's like is. yeah or like so tell me what does the feces of the squatch Sasquatch smell like and then this woman would be like well it's a little bit of grassy it's like what the hell man I can see why you think this guy's crazy now because he's like he's feeding into their psychosis which you shouldn't do yeah and Dan Aykroyd was like a guest on there like yep I'm a I'm a spiritualist. I'm pretty much believe the conjuring one, two, three are documentaries. And <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Okay, you yeah. sold me. I gotta check this shit out. Yeah, fine. It's called Coast to Coast, right? Yeah. Right, With I'm George Nuri or Art Bell. Alright, I'm on it. You just giving okay. me homework because I want to hear people lose their shit. So what is the airspeed velocity of an unlatent English swallow? And I was like, What? <laughs> Pretty much that type of conversation okay, would happen. We're in there. We in there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, man. Any passing thoughts on Nothing But Trouble before we close out this nice and awesome review of this um, jamming classic? If you find yourself like – if you're a fan of movies, I would say that you should uh, you should watch it because it's like this is – like the like the top of the line type of movie to watch with your friends yeah. and go, what did I just watch? What did I just it's, watch? Yeah, it's like there's Dead or Alive. That's mm-hmm. a good movie to watch mm-hmm. with your friends. And then there's also this, and there's like a few others. Yeah. But <laughs> check it out. This is a perfect kickback movie, like you were saying. You have a bunch of friends over. You throw it on the tube and let people come to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you don't sit anyone down to watch it because they're going to squirm out their chair. You just leave it on and let people just be like, what the hell do you have on? And I like, allow you to stream it illegally because it's hard to find. <laughs> it's super hard to find. It's not streaming anywhere. If yeah. you want to buy a copy off Amazon, it costs you an arm and a leg. It might as well be like the the price of a fresh movie. But you Let me find... check that price while we're talking. <laughs> I know. If you could find it, watch it because it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my childhood movies. It's really – it's so smart it's dumb. You know what I'm saying? But it's also very entertaining and very just wacky. If you just want to, it's not funny. <laughs> it's just wacky. It's just, it's like watching a real oh, life cartoon. Good. 
So yeah, yeah, illegally stream like find somewhere else to watch it. I just looked at the price. They're wanting three bucks to rent this movie, twelve bucks to buy it a digital copy. Are you serious? Yeah, or you can buy like a DVD used for two bucks. Uh, oh man, yeah, get it how you get it, man. If, yeah. if you have like a little radio, a uh, little uh, record store in your town, or I know there's not many of them that exist anymore, but if you could find it just out in the wilderness. Check this thing out, cause it's worth it's worth five bucks. I would say that it's worth five bucks. Uh, and that's gonna do it for this um, week's uh, review of Nothing But Trouble, directed by Dan Aykroyd and his brother Peter. Uh, you can always find this review podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, and iHeartRadio. So if you're listening to us on any of those avenues, I thank you. And humbly ask that you leave a like, a comment, or subscribe to any of these channels because we're going to have a lot more content coming to you on a steady basis. And I would love to hear from you. So, um, of course, I'm your host, Mike G. And I'm your host, Winter Sturdivant. And as always, I'm going to ask you to look towards the skies. Look towards the skies. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate.